Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we discuss the movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. We have reached minute 60. Before we get into the minute, I'm Billy. I'm Jack. Tierney doesn't have any good nicknames. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tierney Steele, uh, formerly, well, we might do more, of MASH Minute, a podcast analyzing an actual movie about the Korean War. (laughs) <laughs> she said casting shade on uh, choices made with the movie Heartbreak Ridge. <laughs> well, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, join us back next week. We'll redo Minute 60. Yeah. <laughs> no, We're Korean I mean, War ancillary. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually really honored. I love hitting the hour mark when I do one of these podcasts, even though like 60 doesn't mean anything but if you're doing a movie it's like yeah the one hour we did it guys yeah <laughs> the one hour mark so congratulations yeah yeah we're, we're, we're uh geez yeah we're more than halfway through too so yeah this is this is all sorts of milestones we're hitting here <laughs> well okay so the minute let's talk about the minute the minute begins with gunny wondering where forgetty's backup is and it ends with first platoon marching into what appears to be the ambush. <laughs> but most importantly, after Gunny asks that, profile waves, and it is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> uh, I have in my notes, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> because that's, I mean, that's basically what he's doing. Like, he's the, <laughs> the goofball. How of the... is there yeah. not a gif of this everywhere, all over the internet? Why is this not the go-to, like, sheepish wave, like, symbol of... <laughs> This era. <laughs> There's gonna be one soon. He's so cute. <laughs> oh, he's great because he's you know he's plays the same character in every movie he's in you know, <laughs> or uh, at least the movies of these of this era. He's the, he's yeah. the, the, the less intelligent goofball. <laughs> yeah. So you know, after Gunny last time last minute asked you know told those guys that they were dead. Where the fuck is your backup? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. the backup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Re- researching him, I got to learn uh, how you get the nickname Profile, so that was exciting. I learned new things, you guys. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's he he basically fits the character of somebody giving a medical profile. <laughs> well, they're saying if you uh, the. Trivia I was reading was like, oh, yeah, if you're constantly, like, slacking off, going, being like, oh, I don't feel good, eventually yep. you'll get the nickname Profile because you have all your medical profiles. Like, yep. This yep. <laughs> is like, oh. <laughs> Speaking of slacking off, I don't see a Ponte here. Have you seen him, Perry? I see. Uh, uh, this time, no. Yeah. I think he nope. made it to the last, the last training thing, but he's not here in this. Uh, one of the characters is missing. We'll have to we'll have to look out where he is for future minutes. Yeah. So yeah, I don't see him on the on the march, but I think he was there. Right before they stepped off. So I thought so too. Yeah, because he was there with. Um, that's right. He was there. He ran up late when Lieutenant Ring came up to discuss what they were about to do, and then yep. yeah, I have not seen him since then. Everybody else, I can point out. He's like running off in the bushes somewhere. He's trying to get yeah. to the mash set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wandered on accidentally. He, he wants to be in the mash finale. It's 1983, you know. <laughs> Hollywood's calling. 
<laughs> well, they, you know, like when you do these war games type things, you have to like leave your wounded behind and, you know, like field dress them. So like maybe they left them for the mash unit to pick them up and take them back to. So there we go. After it's all coming had, together. Yeah. We had his testicles blown off in the last minute. So, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Gunny's wondering what the fuck good is uh, his profile doing back there when he's uh, with no cover fire. He's going to get his ass blown off. <laughs> Clint wish goes on a bit of a rant in this minute, which is great. <laughs> it's beautiful. I, I, I can I say this on this podcast? You Not can say whatever really you want. A big Clint yep. Eastwood fan. He oh no, you can't I say that. <laughs> would have some arguments. Um, but this is the perfect role for him, and I just love like. What makes it so perfect is he's not only good at going off on these, and you know the string of just fa- like, Oh, it's so good. But even when he's interacting with his friends and when he's like hitting on Aggie and stuff like that, like this guy is still there and that is very well done. Like that is a beautifully developed character. Yeah. Gunny highways. Uh, he's a hoot. Yeah. And I didn't expect to like the person who, you know, like we said, hides an AK 47. All right. Oh, you back. I'm back. Oh, my. All right. Okay. All right, here I am. Yeah, because I'm like, uh oh. Yeah, because you know, I, I went, I went red for a second. My damn kids are sucking up all my internet. I swear. Darn kids. <laughs> what um, what I miss? I knew the last I said was that you were talking about how he's good with his friends. Well, like the fact that even when he is hanging out with, just with his friends, you still see that this guy exists and that guy. And then you can have the vice versa, even as he's going off and like yelling at these guys because he loves them. We've seen he can care about people. (laughs) Right. Again, he's getting in touch with the sensitive side. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's an eyebrow arch that I think only Clint Eastwood could bring to this character. (laughs) (laughs) Billy said that. Yeah, his face acting is outstanding in this movie. (laughs) He has so many good reaction shots. He, I, I even heard him say one time, it was um, either read an interview, it wasn't for this movie, but he was talking about he doesn't do dialogue very well, but he can face act, you know, like he could he can make a face. Hmm. Now, I would agree with it, especially when he's younger, he didn't talk a lot, but he's he's outstanding in a movie like this, you know, like given the right dialogue and, and the, the, all the smack talking that he does, he's perfect for it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I do, he, he's obsessed with pumping animals. Yeah, because <laughs> back you know a while back when he was uh, confront, confronting Roy Jennings in, in his bar, he talked to him, talked about giving him a just pumped the neighbor's cat look on his face, yeah. and now he said he's yelling at these guys. He goes, "Well, you guys are pumping the neighbor's dog." This poor neighbor. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's getting every swinging dick killed. But yeah. yeah, what is going on with? He must hate his neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I really don't know what's up with that. Like, that's, now that's one I, I, I don't use. That's not a line from him, I, I repeat. I think you made the right call. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, I'll throw a panther piss around, or a, we just jump <laughs> on our heads, or, you know, jarhead motherfucker, something like that, but, yeah. I think one of my favorite things said in this minute is when he happily, uh, not Gunny, obviously, but they happily announced, we're coming up on the ambush site. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I had to like pause it at one when I on one of the rewatches because I was laughing so hard. I was like, I can't hear what they say. <laughs> yeah, because because Sergeant Major Chuzu is like, We're oh, sure does up. help knowing. <laughs> he is my favorite. I love that character so much. And then I looked up the actor and he was on Dallas. And I was like, my little 80s heart is happy. Good job. <laughs> um, I just love like his little like. Do you think Powers heard that, or is he talking just softly enough? <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling he heard it, but it was. But I, th- I, I think Powers doesn't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is his Ar- Arlen Spencer? Is that his name? I, I, I Arlen so, yeah. Dean Snyder. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. He was actually on an episode or two of Mash too. Um, I, I, freak- I forget which episode, but I looked it up and I'm like, of course, he. That's a yeah. perfect, <laughs> perfect role He's- for him. He's a good that guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he, we were saying he's a lot of these people in this movie are all TV guys. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of TV people in them and they're all in stuff that I've, I'm sure I've seen, but don't recall, you know, like if I went back, I'd be like, ah, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing major powers doesn't really know what a, what exactly ambush means. <laughs> so, Ambush is a noun, and it's a surprise attack by people lying in wait in a concealed position. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I mentioned uh, I grew up little little bit of a tomboy, sneaking around, seeing things. My favorite game when I was a like toddler, like preschooler, was called Ambush, and it's where you <laughs> hid behind the end of the sofa. And my dad would hide behind the end of the sofa. When I came running around, he'd scream Ambush and tickle me. So then I started trying to ambush him and this game had to end when I was about six years old and he walked around the corner in the kitchen and I jumped off the refrigerator onto his back screaming ambush (laughs) throughout his back. It's never 100% recovered. (laughs) And that was the end of ambush. (laughs) But that was my favorite. Years later when I became a military history major, my dad was like, yeah, probably... Probably should have called that coming down the pike. Yeah. <laughs> that, when I was a four-year-old, I thought nothing was better. Yeah, that's <laughs> but yeah, I, I used it as a verb. I must confess to that inaccuracy. <laughs> that is, it's not easy being a dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> Negative. I, I did, now I did see that ambush could be used as a verb, too. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, the purpose of an ambush is not usually to tickle your family members, but it is actually to, <laughs> it's a primary purpose is to ambush is to destroy enemy troops and equipment. The loss of personnel, equipment, and supplies reduces the overall combat effectiveness of the enemy. And it's also used to uh, shake the enemy's morale and make them susceptible uh, susceptible to human factors. It probably makes them suspectable of their surroundings. Too, yeah. Which is yeah, right. It's just I can't speak or read, so <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the cover. <laughs> so now you can't edit it out as if that never happened. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's funny. Um, we I do edit the best I can, but we're... We can't, you can't edit around this clusterfuck that we call a No, so. you cannot. <laughs> no. There'd be no, there'd be, there'd be like, we couldn't even get through the intro half the time. So, <laughs> yeah, you can only shine a turd so much. Right. It, it is what it is. <laughs> we're, we're professional. Um, <laughs> there are several different ambush types. There is the deliberate ambush, a 
ambush of oh i'm getting a call you unprofessional bastard all right <laughs> you jinxed it <laughs> yeah uh let's go back all right so yeah there's a deliberate ambush there is a ambush of opportunity and there's a hasty ambush where you can kind of just do it on the spot and then there's point ambush which is like a single killing field zone and then there's area ambush where there's multiple killing zones in a multiple areas so that's really all i have on that <laughs> i mean unless you want me to get into more detail about ambushes i think we've you know i could i could read you the entire uh marine leaders training <laughs> does it at any point mention that your enemy is expected to die in a loud grotesque military manner yeah. no 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 because but- good god what a phrase that is <laughs> beautiful <laughs> this is once again that's something that's something people would really say in real life but i've totally used that loud grotesque military man <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it, it it just it's it just flows but it's yep. not something i would have come up with mm-hmm. <laughs> well i like Gunny's response well shit for brains who says we're gonna do it right here <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't give a fuck what what Powers wants. Yeah, <laughs> Gunny was not as impressed as I was. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Well, fuck Major Powers," <laughs> because my job is to keep you guys alive. <laughs> I noticed that Profile gets a big old smile on his face when he says that. Like, I think this is where the I, I've I've mentioned before where the Marines started kind of respecting Gunny a little bit more. I think this is where they mm-hmm. really get on his side. Is right here. Yep. Yeah, because because he's looking out for them. And I, you know, they don't, they, they don't want to be used as training dummies. They want to, they want to do their job. Right. And, and he's going to show them how to do it effectively. Thus helping keep them alive in combat if they ever go. Well, exactly. Which yeah, they'll probably never go. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. wondered that like in 83 before that did, because studying it after the fact, it seems so obvious that something like this was going to happen down the pike. When you're studying the involvement in different governments and what was happening in Central America and the fact that everyone involved in the military just really wanted to uh, get one up on the Vietnam, you know, like, all right, now we're going to do it right. To me, it seems so inevitable that something was eventually going to boil over. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can't divorce that from the fact that, like, I went to college when 9-11 happened, and, like, all my friends who were in the National Guard were like, I'm going to Afghanistan? Yep. See ya? (laughs) Like, in my mind, I I don't know, like, did that cynicism come because of what was going on when I was learning all that stuff, or did it seem that obvious to people and just these guys weren't getting that global context going? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um... It's hard to say because we we've talked in the past that obviously the the whole like you said the whole Vietnam thing and wanting to get something that maybe a little cleaner <laughs> than Vietnam mm-hmm. to say the least, but right before so this takes place in July or it start the movie starts in July of eighty three. Mm-hmm. Perry, do you remember when Beirut happened? Yeah, it was in eighty three. It was in eight. It was in eighty three for sure, and I can't remember the date on that. Uh. No, I should remember. I think it was. Um, I could look it up, but I mean, I and I know I've had yeah. it in my notes in the past, but it's it's escaping me right now. But yeah, Grenada happened in October, so this movie takes place over the course of about three months. 
and I and I I want to I want to say that the Beirut bombing of the Marine barracks in 1983 happened before the invasion of Grenada. So even though there was legitimate reasons, um, either you know the, the the main reason I remember as a kid was, especially it was because based on this movie was they went in to save college students during, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, you got to look at some of the geopolitical stuff at the time of we're going to stop the spread of communism. That was the whole point of Vietnam, you know, all that, blah, blah, blah. So here's stuff popping off in our backyard with, you know, like even in this movie, they, there's Cubans that are helping yeah. in Grenada. So it's like, all right, well, we're going to, we're going to send in Marines under the uh, guise of we're going to protect our citizens but we're also going to force out these communists and i did get into a little bit at one point of kind of the the genesis of this now the speculation has come to that we had this tragedy with the marines where 280 some odd marines were killed in their sleep you know from a a Mm. terrorist bombing of their barracks in beirut lemadon like right before the invasion of Grenada happened. So they were, people have kind of said over the years that Reagan was kind of using that as we need a win, you know, type thing. Mm. Like we just, let's not, this was tr- terrible and tragic. Let's get a loss, you know, basically a loss mm. out of our mind and let's get a win. And, you know, oh, Grenada is the perfect opportunity, you know, but of course, yeah, you know, I mean, we could spend all day talking about, politics of the 80s <laughs> how much I mean, that- and because and, honestly it probably was both and like it's just what percentage you think those things played into yeah. it you know like you can't divorce one f- completely from the other yeah so then then that argument can never be won because it's just a matter of degrees <laughs> like- yeah yeah I, I think you're right i think there's definitely a little bit of um Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> but it's all- just so funny because like watching this movie and I, I blame the Quonset huts, but all I could think of at first was um, the Steve Martin movie, Sergeant Bilko <laughs> oh. <laughs> was my like go to uh, sight memory of, of what these barracks looked like. And there was kind of this sense of like, how could you not expect to be in trouble at some point? But you didn't then like, you never think Sergeant Bilko's going to war. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I had to kind of like backtrack my brain a little bit. And like, just because I know this is coming doesn't mean they know this is coming. When we were in the service, the, uh, the first uh, you know Desert Storm, that was over with. But it was over as, as far as the actual like fighting and all that. But yeah. Um, there was, uh, they, you know, they were in, they were enforcing the no fly zone and there was a lot of activity that actually happened that never made the news, you know, yeah. over there. Um, yep. you know, cause we were supportive of an air wing. So we were well aware of a lot of the activities that was going on. And another thing that, that are, you know, where we were, they sent squadrons over to Bosnia Herzegovina with that whole, um, oh. you know, trying to, in fact, we, mm-hmm. Perry and I worked for this, this captain for a while who was a pilot and he was doing a special duty with us and um they uh he was the the radar jammer so what they would do is they would fly in as close as to the guns as they could and jam the radar and and uh he said the air force guys were real scared because they would come in just just you know whatever and but then they started getting a little more confident and following the marines (laughs) is what he told (laughs) 
and they would jam so that the the like either the bombers the guys with the smart missiles or whatever would come in and take out the guns or the you know whatever just just you know stop the all the the killing that was going on over there and and you know so there's always something going on there's always some little thing like i mean there was constant hey the iraqis pushed in the no fly zone or they targeted one of our planes or some crap like that there was always something that again yeah. that's never going to make the news um hey we, we're noticing you know a lot of movement in this one area that why is this going on you know stuff like that but at the same time the whole point is yeah so like we signed up knowing like 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 i like i had the national defense ribbon just because i signed up during did, perry did you get it because it's like no i was i was i was right after all that right it's funny because like we got that because we signed up during a time where we were still technically in hostilities with with Iraq actually, even though mm. it had died down so much by then. But even while this, you know, there was multiple things kicking off while we were in, in the nineties, but even that whole time you're like, ah, you know, it's not going to escalate or nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and then literally like the, like is the year, you know, it's like a year after I get out and nine 11 happens. And, you know, and we were still yep. within that time frame where they could have called us back. In fact, we had a couple friends get called back or a couple mm. friends that were, you know, didn't get to get out right away because they were art they were in but they were approaching their time out and yeah and so it's just like you just never think any of that's going to happen really i'm sure yeah. there's plenty of people especially if you i mean i can't say for sure because i know plenty of guys that were we were not in infantry but they still wanted to go do some action and see some action and we're like man i wish something would happen and you know but then and i can't speak for people in the in the infantry but during this time where if they were bored and like yeah i wish something would happen but because even these guys say, like, I want to fight the enemy, but, you know, they're just training all the time. And you would think a post-Vietnam military was scaled back so much that they they probably really didn't think they were going to get involved with really much of anything after getting out of something so long and drawn out. So, yeah, yeah. but but there's always little stuff that happened. In fact, I didn't talk about this, but like the Humvee was first... Um, used in when we invaded panama in like the 90s and yeah like so even then like it's like you know that was another little thing that happened between you know uh before the iraq war and all that good stuff so it's just it were desert storm desert shield which that's where it really became famous was the you know the humvees yeah. was that everybody saw them on tv you know yeah yep. first televised war yeah well Sort of. I mean, Vietnam kind of was too, though. Well, so. yeah, but I mean, this was a little bit different. Yeah, this, this was. It's, it's more like a football game. Yeah, yeah. As Dennis Leary yeah. said, he was sitting there with a cheeseburger, just watching it live on TV. <laughs> like he was so happy. You know, it's just. Yeah, it, like you said, it was. It was a different feel. <laughs> well, that loops perfectly back to uh, the note I had at the end of this minute, where they're walking away, and I was like, "Oh, you can hear the birds." Yeah. <laughs> as they walk to their ambush like yeah. yeah we're just going on this training exercise do, 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 do. i hear birds <laughs> well and that's funny because like while while major powers is just walking i was you know they're they're expecting engagement of an enemy but they still got their rifles sling they're not they're not in any sort of tactical carry they're just like well nonchalant because as far as they know not this there yet the, yeah, yeah the, game, not the, the game is fixed yeah i do i do like the gunny is telling uh uh, both uh, Forgetti and Swede, you know, just give him a few more yards. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Swede's got that M60. He's like got that big machine gun. Yeah. So you want a uh, big, big bastard? He do a good job carrying it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they, they gave it to the right guy. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. That was not an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could carry that, the ammo, and a few of the Marines with him, too, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couple spell, spare barrels. Yeah. One man Humvee. <laughs> yeah. I always joke, like, I, I always refer to him, you know, as, uh, it's, it's from a different Clint Eastwood movie, but um, in any which way you can. He, um, when Cleese was the pit fighter with the monkey, he, uh, he, he has to fight some like guy, to, you know, uh, he fights some other pit fighter that just kills people in the ring. And he's, he's huge. He was, he was actually a, one of the bad guys in red Dawn. And he just talks about, he goes, yeah, he's sizable. All right. <laughs> I, I, I use that to describe a big guy. And I say that about Sweden. I'm like, he's sizable. <laughs> That is perfect. <laughs> I don't have anything else for this minute unless you guys want to talk about anything. Or Tierney, since this is your last day with us, if you want to, if you have any other overall thoughts about the movie, I know you've kind of shared them throughout the, the week. Yeah, my biggest overall thought isn't going to impress anyone who's listening to this podcast in minute 60 because I, I remember it ended and I, I was like, that movie was way better than it had to be. <laughs> Like a Clint Eastwood movie about Granada, a Korean vet leading uh, Bad News Bears. Like, it could have just been, all right, fine. Yeah, that was a fun action movie for a couple hours. But, like, it was well done. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good movie. I was invested the entire time. Like, there was appropriate character development. And then there was appropriate character non development. Like, not everyone changes 180 between the beginning and end of a movie and that's fine like it was it was well done (laughs) i I loved it the one thing that um really stuck out to me not in this minute is um i love how they're constantly getting called on alert that to me felt having friends that have been in the military was like we gotta go we don't know. Jake's got to go. Like, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I know we were having a party, but now literally every man here has left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's, that is something where it's like the party just stops and everybody leaves and there's only a handful. Of I had kind of there. forgotten that that happened. And then it happens a couple times. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and like the women leave too. because like, I guess we'll go home. <laughs> like, there's no point staying. Yeah. Oh, and um. Mary, who runs the bar. It oh, is yeah. Mary, right? Little oh, Mary, yep. Yeah. <laughs> little Mary is just the best human being. I love her so much. <laughs> oh. Yo, one of my favorite bits is with when him and uh when Clint Eastwood and her are are flirting with each other. You know, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you fool around on the first date, you know, just stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's like the perfect old friends thing. Like, ah, uh, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, and she's got she's got what's best for him in in, in mind, you know, asking about hey, you know about Aggie, you know, playing matchmaker. <laughs> so yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was so cool. I loved that. But like, I just wanted to live in that bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are super glad you could join us. Um, I, as I said, I I totally regret not having you on sooner when we were actually talking about the Korean War. But <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> What? I'd have gotten something wrong. You'd have gotten angry mail. No one needs to deal with that. <laughs> that you know, hey, we we get stuff wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, like 
there was so much pressure I felt like doing match to like do it justice and sometimes I had to step back and be like this is a Robert Altman comedy calm down (laughs) (laughs) right right because I was like oh I'm not gonna get wrong I didn't look up what that means and like oh it's probably the wrong type of what am I doing and it was like Dude, Robert Altman didn't know any of this, so I'm ahead of the game already. Yeah, exactly. He probably put more thought into some of that than he did. <laughs> well, that's that's you know we this is like a fun movie, and like if I chose not to look into some of the background into like like I didn't have to mention that that's a fake you know grenade launcher. <laughs> like it was just to me that was just interesting, you know. So I like to yeah. share it. But this is also the type of movie where if I just talked about if you know if Perry and I just went through and talked about what's in the movie besides all the other kind of neat little stuff that's enough to talk about you know like mm-hmm. where we were toying with the idea of one of the maybe breaking down full metal jacket like that's more of a, like a serious movie and i'm like i feel like you'd have to do so much more like you said put so much more pressure on yourself to actually deliver research (laughs) i'm like i don't know if i have the heart for that (laughs) i I was gonna ask i wasn't sure if i was allowed to on air what other movies are in the docket we we have we have reserved full metal jacket and major pain (laughs) because you gotta right i mean that's just (laughs) so and i'm actually thinking major pain next because it's a shorter funner movie so (laughs) yeah that'd be a good one uh, beyond that, we've talked about, I mean, there's plenty of that we've talked about either possibly doing minute by minute, but we haven't reserved or possibly instead of just breaking down movies one minute at a time, let's, let's, you know, maybe take a look at a particular Marine movie or a movie with Marines in it and just discussing mm-hmm. it maybe on a, on a, you know, either one episode or, or over multiple episodes instead of just doing it minute by minute. Cause there's, there's plenty of movies worth talking. Like I look, you know, the, the movie Sands of Iwo Jima with John Wayne. I don't think I could sit there. I don't think I'd want to sit there and do it minute <laughs> by minute. It's no, it's one of those movies that they put it on. Like rarely did they roll a TV in like in boot camp, Like when you were in like school, grade school and they bring the VCR in for you. Um, they would sometimes bring in a, a, TV and Sansa Iwo Jima would always be on like every night, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So it's, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely, if you're going to talk about Marine movies, it's something to talk about. Yeah. But I definitely wouldn't want to do that one minute at a time. And I don't even know how many people want to listen to that one minute at a time, to be honest. So (laughs) that's, you know, there's plenty of those type of movies. We'll probably just talk about, you know, here and there. You just reminded me of one. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Watching the movies afterwards. You got to talk about Jarhead at some point. Yeah. That was like the go-to understanding of Marines, basically, when I was studying this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, ah, just read Jarhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I've read the book and I've only seen bits and pieces of the movie because, I, to tell you the truth, I don't know how I felt about that book when I got done with it. I was like... Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I didn't know either. Um, if you want another really good one, it'll give you a good insight of what, what the Marine Corps is really like. And... I'm going to be honest with you. I think Jarhead had a little bit more of an, uh, an agenda than it did anything else. Um, Generation Kill. Oh, my God. I forgot that was Marines. I loved Generation Kill. Yep. And that is that is the most It was honest. a TV series, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. On yeah, HBO? On, on HBO, yeah. It's incredible. Okay. And it's it's, yeah. it's 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 completely rewatchable. It's, it's an incredible show. But it is 
it's the most honest because you get different points of view about a lot of different things. Some of it's, you know, about their Marines, but you know, most of it's just an account and it's having read the book and the, it's seen the show. It's, it's as close to the book as I've ever seen anything adapted. Wow. I haven't read the book. I have to, the only thing that I really truly remember because it has stuck with me is my friends make fun of me all the time. I ate chef Boyardee out of the can. I yep. can't put it in a bowl. It's so weird <laughs> to me. I was like, it tastes disgusting. They're like, but you eat it out of the can. I'm like, yeah, it tastes fine out of the can. <laughs> and I think it was because we saw Generation Kill and we're like, we got to go get some of that, right? And like, heat that while we wash this. Yeah. And yeah, to this day, I cannot stand it heated up. But straight out, oh yeah, that's fine. That's, that's my like emergency food stash with everything going on. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, um, Tier, do you want to uh, tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, when I'm not eating children's meals out of a can <laughs> and in like Boston, like I'm not anywhere there. This needs to be happening. Uh, no, I am a writer. I'm a podcaster. And so if you go to onestealsister.com, that has everything. And that's also my handle for Twitter and Instagram. And um, I'm not sure how far in advance you record, but we're moving pretty slowly through Joe versus the Volcano which is a very different movie. Clint Eastwood had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and uh, Jarf Harden and I are analyzing that one minute at a time. So if you look for Joe versus the minute, we have a lot of fun. And we do, like you were saying, like there are some minutes where you can just talk about like what's going on specifically in that minute, like what characters are wearing and what does that mean? But there is that overarching story that you're constantly keeping track of. And that has an interesting one because it's all about a guy who finds out he only has a certain amount of time left to live and he gets recruited to jump into a volcano. <laughs> all expenses paid. So what have you got to lose? And so, yeah, it's a it's an entertaining film. Huh. I remember that one. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Perry, you got anything before we wrap it up? No, man. That, uh, that was a good minute. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah. is a lot of fun. And I say that as someone who's literally like next to a um, cartridges box that just sits <laughs> and chills out here on my desk. So it feels a little more legit now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, again, we can't thank you enough for joining. I, I, I appreciate it as well. Um, the only thing I'll just say is I'd like to, on Friday, just send everybody to moviesbyminutes.com where people can check out other uh, minute podcasts that are done way more professionally check out mash minute show versus the minute where's the fun in that right <laughs> uh <laughs> other than that um by this point everybody who's listening should know where to find us thank tyranny for coming uh thank perry for always being here <laughs> but seriously perry what the fuck were you doing back there well you're back there doing whatever i'm getting my ass shot off up here that's pumping the neighbor's dog <laughs> At least it wasn't the cat this time. <laughs> <laughs>